All right, in three, two, one. Hello, and we are back after a two-week hiatus. This is Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia, and this is my mother. Hey, Ima. Hello. So we had a conversation off the phone, um, kind of trying to prepare, you know, for this podcast, trying to prep everything up, and things weren't working out. It was taking forever to work with just trying to deal with remotely, uh, because I'm currently living in Baltimore, and my mother is currently living in New York with my sister. And finally, I said, you know what, Labor Day weekend, I'll just drive up there and do it myself. So here we are together, finally. And so let's really focus on what we talked about before, where positive reinforcement. Um, Is it something that should be focused on? Is it just kind of like salt, where like a little bit goes a long way? Um, You know, at what point are you just denying yourself reality and trying to Put yourself in like just a positive position when you really should be focusing on things that you need to be focusing on. You know, what's what's your take? That's a really that's a really good question. Um, I think what you need to do is you need to be honest about assets and liabilities. You might say, look, in all problems and in all walks of life, you know, you're not you're not totally. 100% successful, that's unrealistic, but you're not 100% totally a failure. So what you need to do is look at those things that you know you've done well, where you succeeded, and look at those things where you haven't succeeded and analyze, well, what, what went wrong? You know, I heard an interesting quote this morning. Um, Einstein once said, anyone who hasn't made a mistake has never tried anything new. Mm. Yeah. But, and that's again, that's the thing where it's more of like looking on it on a daily basis on a small scale with your personal problems. And I think what it is is that it's more of like talking about like, just just to understand a scale from one to ten, ten being the worst, one being the least. And if you have a scale two or scale three problem then a positive reinforcement and a pat on the head and, and kind of brushing off your shoulders is something that, like, is, is, is very, you know, admonished is the word? I think that's when I say admonished. I want to say that it means something. I don't know. Admonished is when you're warning somebody about something. Really? I thought <coughs> yeah, it meant to be, like, like uh, to admonish, I get to warn. Well, adhered, maybe? Adhere to yeah. Adhere means you're sticking to something. Yeah, adhere. adhere well, well, then I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so, it's something that like like it's okay. It's level two, level three. I can I can I can push that off. But when you get like a level eight, a level seven, maybe level nine, or God forbid, a level ten, it's like how do you put in that positive reinforcement? How do you go ahead and say like this is all for the best? I think there was a there was a, a quote. Ellie Wiesel met, met the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and they were having a conversation about, because they both suffered it during uh, World War II, during, uh, during the Holocaust, and Ellie Wiesel and the Rebbe were trying to, like, they were having a conversation, and the Rebbe said that not to really focus on it, that, that if the more you focus on the legitimacy of the positivity, the more you give in to the reason for the negativity. And I think that's something where it's like, where, like, you just... I don't know, let the pain wash over you and then eventually move forward. 
I think just time heals all wounds and, and not sometimes not to go ahead and dissect it. I think that's why there was a lot of a lot of pushback from the religious world when it came to, you know, the origins of therapy and, and psychiatry, that once you start digging into something and trying to find the inner workings of it, you're, you're going to start getting really messy and you're going to fuck a lot of shit up. And I think that's the biggest frustration out of my experience with, with, with therapy and psychiatry is that people just try to, you try to fix a problem and you're not fixing it. You wind up having a bigger mess than what started. It's kind of like I was watching this, um, uh, ever watched this uh, TV show Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah, I've seen it a few times, yeah. Yeah, so this one, <clears throat> there's this one episode in this one scene um, of Malcolm in the Middle and the, the uh, father comes in and hears on the voice message that, or wh- whatever it was, um, that his, his wife was like, please fix the, the light bulb in the garage. And he goes, tries to fix the light bulb in the garage and he can't find a light bulb. And then he looks around and then he f- notices that, that the, the, the closet, I think, that would have the light bulbs was a little broken. So he tries to fix the, the, uh, the closet. And then as he tries to fix the closet, he starts focusing on, like, oh, well, well he, I think he can't find any else. The whole point is, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, like, it, it zooms out where it's, he's, he's working on the car, trying to fix the car. And the, the wife comes in, and his name is Hal, and she goes... How? Why aren't you fixing the light bulb? He screams, I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> and I think that's like the whole point of like, sometimes um, sometimes it's just about knowing that you're trying to work on the problem just because the main problem isn't solved, uh, but you're working on something else. I think that could be one perspective, but, there, but, there's, so, but there's so many avenues though. That's the thing. At end of the day, it's all it's everything is, should be all connected into a nice one little package. Everyone would like that, but life's very messy, and we're humans, and we're the most messiest creatures in the world, I think. Um, and that's the whole point: is that like going through that positive reinforcement, you really got to know what you're doing because you got to first, you know, I guess look at the negativity, look at your 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 life, look at the things that happen to you. And some stuff you have to just accept that they're negative and you can't, don't, you just shouldn't look at them and just, just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I don't, I don't want to go too dark or too twisted, but God forbid someone, you know, got raped, right? And then they have a kid from the rape. Are you going to legitimize the rape because of the kid? Oh, and the kid grows up to be a, a, a doctor that cures cancer. Like, that, no. Don't, I, I, I think that's something you shouldn't talk, you talk about. You know, um, you hit on something about the idea Part of it, it sounds like, a good part of it, if a person's going to be mentally healthy, is learning to accept life on its, on its own terms. Yeah, stuff happens in life, but let's pick up and let's go on from there. I went to, when I went to Beis Rivka, we heard a very What's interesting... What's Beis Rivka again? It's, uh, you know, the Jewish, um, it's, the, uh, it's the Chabad Seminary in New York. Okay. Okay. One of the instructors and one of the teachers there was Rabbi Nisa Mengel, who he survived Auschwitz. He was um, he was only nine years old when he went to Auschwitz. He was about ten and a half, maybe eleven, when the camp was liberated. Um, Mengel, he actually faced Mengele, Doctor Mengele, and um, he has some amazing stories about how he survived the Holocaust as a as a little boy. And Rabbi Mengel was one of these very 
upbeat, positive um, men. He was, I remember him as a Rebbe. He was, um, I don't know, he was, he was very robust, very healthy, very robust. And I was surprised when I attended his lecture to find that he was a Holocaust survivor. But um, there was a girl that was angry about something and she came to him for advice. And he said to her, there is no excuse on the face of the earth for anybody to be angry. I thought, my God, here was some, a man who lost his family in the Holocaust at a very young age, who survived all sorts of unbelievable tortures under Mengele. And yet this is a man with a wonderful positive attitude of there is no reason in the world for anyone to be angry. See, see, that's the thing. It's like when someone like that says something like that, it, 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 in my opinion, I mean, this is just going to be my selfish, childish way of saying it. it's like you took away my ability to get angry. Like, fuck you. I want to get angry. Like, like, <laughs> how could you do that? No, because it's like, no, there's there's this part to me that it's a pleasure. There's an anger, anger. And people do things because they want to do them like like deep down inside. You are in a position because you want to be there. Now, I know that's something very harsh to say sometimes when people being in situations like, well, how can you say that? This happened to me and that happened to me. I, I'm not going to get too into my personal life, but certain things happened where I had to, as soon as I accepted that, that I was in charge of my life, that I wanted to be in that position, it flipped the script to where I was and gave me the power to overcome it and to move past it. You know, when, 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 when you, you go ahead and, and you do that where you go ahead and say like oh i'm right now in this terrible relationship um you know clearly we're not going getting along clearly this isn't going to working out clearly we we tried numerous times and this is just a failing relationship or god forbid you're in an abusive relationship as soon as you say i'm in it because i want to be here once you say that you're going to realize a lot of things about yourself and also you're going to find the retort of why you shouldn't be there and you'll get yourself out of it. I'm not telling you this as a guarantee or listen to me, blah, blah, blah. This is just experiences I've had, things I've done and stuff that I've used to interact between myself and other people. You know, um, me and my younger brother, um, one of my younger brothers, we would have a lot of conversations about pushing each other to do better. You know, we would always get under each other's skin and definitely, like, piss each other off. But it was a piss off in a way of saying that, like, like I hate that you're right. And, and, and that's the way that, like, we kind of really pushed each other where we had someone else tell us that, like, something we really didn't want to hear but realized it was the truth. And it kind of reminds me of this one song. I think it's the Lemonade song. God, who sings it? But it starts off with, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. <laughs> and 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 I think it's very it's very honest where it's like there's there's a positivity in honesty because it's honesty. Honesty is very refreshing. It's it's and 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 once you take honesty in a way of saying it's more beautiful than than lies and falsehood and 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 other I guess negativity then that's, I would say, a good re- framing of saying that positivity is just honesty. I'm not telling you to go ahead and listen to, like, you know, Gordon Ramsay yell at you, call you a piece of shit. Oh, he's being honest. No, he's being rude. He's being rude. There's a difference, but difference between being honest and being an asshole. Someone could be honest, and you could look at him and be like, you know what? 
it's it hard it, it breaks my heart to know that you're right because I wish that wasn't so true, but it is, and I have to work on myself. It it's not gonna be helpful where someone goes ahead and say, oh, because you're a lazy fat piece of shit who deserves to fucking have nothing in his life. You're not being honest. You're just you're just taking really harsh words and legitimizing them by saying, oh, I'm just being honest. That that's not it's not honesty. That's not right. No, no. What mm-hmm. honesty is 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 that small prick of truth where it's like you can't deny it. And if you accept it, you you will definitely have a better life. And I think, and for me, I kind of deal with that sometimes where I'm talking to people online or reading the news or trying to, like, get a better grip on reality. And someone says something where I'm like, ah, oh, I hate the fact that you're on the opposite side of me, but that's right. And I have to accept the fact that it's right. You know, and, and, and I think that's that's the part of, uh, in a way, of positivity because we're all trying to get to the end goal. The end goal is pure honesty, I would say. Uh, and and that's, that's really for the next world. I think the next world is more honest than this world because they have nothing else to lose. <laughs> but that's, again, that's, that's kind of how this world works. We are in a world of, of lies. This, this is just a world, world, in Hebrew, it's called sheker. Um, and then it's, and it's very common for a lot of rabbis say that, that say that this world is world of sheker, uh, of lies. And it's just something that, you know, is accepted, but we, we as human beings should be able to elevate this world and at least try to bring some level of honesty. Well, you just jolted my memory a little bit because I remember the way I was raised or most of us were raised in, you know, those of us who were raised in the say, say 1950s that our parents' idea and our teacher's idea was that, uh, to quote Michael Savage, that um, ver- verbal and psychological abuse was considered part of good upbringing. <laughs> and I remember then, I mean, any little th- the teachers and the parents thought that if they shamed you, if they yelled at you, if they put you down, that you would work harder. That was their idea. Or they would, it would make you tougher. So, um, in the, around 1960, there was, um, maybe mid-1960s, there was an Israeli child psychologist who made, uh, like, a, um, he became very popular. His name was Dr. Chaim Gnut, and David Suskind had him on his show. This Dr. David Gnut, Suskind? Dr. David Suskind was one of the first, you might say, talk show um, hosts. He would have a... Talk, combination talk show, um, interview, audience question, back and forth, um, like a panel show once a week. He was a news commentator, but he branched out to have this, um, like I said, one of the first um, television talk shows, you might say, where people called in or people in the audience had questions and interacted with the person he was interviewing. So he had this Dr. Chaim Gnut. Chaim Gnut was going all around the United States organ- having workshops for teachers and basically reorienting them to a type of child psychology that he called solution being solution oriented. In other words, he said, the child spills the milk. And instead of you saying, you idiot, how could you be so clumsy? The milk is spilled, we need a sponge. In other words, he says, stop the name calling, stop the put downs, look at the problem and just solve the problem. And he became, I said, this became very popular among a lot of teachers. And during this program, David Suskind had five teachers who had taken his workshop and talked about what an amazing difference 
it made for them as teachers and it made for the entire classroom atmosphere when the whole class and the teacher just focused in on solving the problem. A kid forgets his materials. Not you stupid idiot, how come you keep forgetting your materials? Look what you're doing to the class, but okay, I've got an extra pen here. Or hey, let's sit down and let's figure out a way, a method, so that you have all your materials in one place and that you don't forget them. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I feel like that's great for kids, but it's also very important for adults. Um, in the workforce, I'm, I'm not alone in this, I'm pretty sure, that like you get some you know, project manager or some people above you who just rip into you. And they rip into you because they were ripped, in, uh, ripped on. Well, the contractor's on my ass and the owner's on my ass, so you're gonna be going ahead and take it all. I'm like, hold on. Do you really think I'm going to be more productive and do a better job and be like more precise with my work when you're yelling and screaming at me and, and being really rude and obnoxious? Do you think that's really going to work? I don't think that's going to work at all. And I think it's, it's something where it's like I, – because I, I've, I've worked with contractors and owners by myself or with other people where like we all kind of got together. We all kind of discussed things. We all just said, this is what I need, this is what I want, we get what we want, we get what we need, we move things around, if there's a hiccup, we'll get through it. You know, it's just, it's like certain people in general just, just forget that. They forget, like, like they think that just the yelling and the screaming and the negativity will get you somewhere. And it's just, it's, for me, I find it like counterproductive to say I'm aggravated because technically speaking, I shouldn't be aggravated if I'm talking positivity, angry, blah, 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 blah. But... Like it bothers me because I'm like you're you're, it's like you're a person who refuses to open the door to the to the area of everything you need. It's like that's all it is. Just talk to the person like a human being, and you're gonna get so much out of it. And I've experienced that where sometimes people would be yelling or screaming at me, and I just have to calm myself down, just chill out, and then talk to them like a human being, and they respond like a human being, and. It's just, it's this part of the world where it's like there's just this level, there's some kind of shell around this, 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 this layer of positivity where there's just this shell of negativity. And you have to just remove that shell by any means necessary in a positive manner to elevate that, that inner positivity to make this world a better place. And that's something that's just really, I think, is very important for everyone to hear. I think these people that basically um, come down on you know other workers uh, so hard like this in a personal way. Um, first of all, it's negative energy, and um, you're not going to solve the problem. You, in fact, you're taking the energy that you could have used to solve the problem to just put another person down, which is not going to be productive at all. And I think these people, quite honestly, unfortunately, they have. I mean, if you've got the type of personality where you need to put somebody else down to feel better about yourself then, um, hey, you must not have a very pleasant life. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, that's kind of where, where I kind of started speaking to them like a normal human being. Because I saw this one person, was he was just yelling at me. Just yelling at me for like a good five, ten minutes. And I was just so detached from it because of what you told me growing up about, you know, just all, all that. And I just realized like, wow, no, he's just a, he's just a guy who just hurts. He, I just saw him as a little boy. Who, 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 who tripped and fell and hurt himself and is just getting really mad when like because their daddy wasn't there or something like it was just I just saw it like that I'm like wow you're just you're just very sad and upset and after he finished everything 
I listened. Okay, I said, okay. And I got up and kept on doing my work. I didn't think of anything of it. And then I went, it was the weekend. I came back after the weekend. Hey. Um, the weekend. And Okay, good for you. For the whole entire Shabbos. Whole entire Shabbos? Yeah, this is my granddaughter, Faggy. Hey, Faggy. <laughs> hey, we're middle of something, but Hi. I always have time for you. I know you. Yes, you do. All right, we got to call it quits. Uh, Woo! Yes, thank you so much uh, for listening. Uh, we hope to hear from you. Send comments. Um, and if you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, uh, or you can find my mother on Facebook or Instagram, go ahead and message us and we'll send you that information. Um, Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and have a great Labor Day weekend. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share. I really appreciate it. My mother does too.